It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. Greetings, and welcome back, gentles and ladiesmen, to a fantastic new episode of Unverse Cast. We're sort of refreshing things a little bit, because, I don't know, it's been like 30-odd episodes, and we thought it was time to switch things up a little bit. So, we're back! So we bought and a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> what about the Switch? We bought a Nintendo Switch so we could switch things up. Uh, oh, that was, oh, that was a good one, King K. That was really <laughs> funny. It was good, but nobody laughed. It's funny. Yeah. I laughed. Um, so, we've got quite a podcast in store for you folks today, and, you know, especially now that we're free from the tyranny that was Sonic High School. Um, yes. In my case, I'm jumping out of the fire and into the fucking frying pan. <laughs> well, what, well, what's worse than Sonic High School? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk I'm about sure it. We'll find something. Oh shit! <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, yeah. So why don't we kick things off by discussing what's been going on with us this week? No what, have be, what have you been playing? What have you been doing? <clears throat> I ripped off a chunk of flesh off my hand. Blood <laughs> got everywhere. So I, I, I played the game of 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 trying not to bleed to death. And I, I won. like that game. Yeah, if you it, were to criticize it, what would you give it out of 10? Uh, too much blood. It's felt like I've tried way so too hard to be 8. like 5 or 7.5. 7.5, too much blood. I mean, the, the graphics looked really nice, but mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> it, it tried way too fucking hard. Uh, it's How was like the, the game like the game of life. The graphics are great, but the gameplay is terrible. Yeah. Good joke. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, see, in Fire Emblem, I could pet my wife, but if I pet someone in real life, I get arrested. Sexual harassment. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Good lord. All I have, all I have to pet is my cats. <laughs> Your pussy. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, <laughs> my two pusses. Uh. So stop rubbing your pussy. We're, we're uh, really starting off the reboot on a strong note. I yeah. like this direction. <laughs> you, you never knew. You never knew. Yeah. You always knew. Well, uh, so, Ryan, what video games have you been playing? I have been playing a lot of GBA games, because uh, I may mm -hmm. or may not be doing a thingy about GBA games, and I, I found a game called Yugdra Union. It's a fucking stupid name. It's like Fire Emblem, but with cards. Yugdra oh, no. Union? Mm-hmm. Is it... I think it's oh. pronounced Yggdra. I, I... You know, I put it on Google Translate and it said Yugdra. Yugdra. Well, I'm sure that it's... It's not a real word, but it's like Yggdrasil, you know? I from, guess? From Tales of Symphonia, but it's shorter, so it's like Yggdra. Should be Yggdra. I just... Because, like, I was looking at... Because I was curious and I wanted to see what kind of RPGs that were on the GBA, besides the ones that I knew about. And I right. saw the stupid name, and I'm like, okay, well, I gotta try this one out. Right. It's like, oh no, it's by Atlas. <laughs> they have a tendency of, like, making things a bit too complicated just for the sake of making it complicated and deep. 
and for giving people review copies and for copyright <laughs> striking you when you give their games a negative review. Such as when oh, Hadox yeah. reviewed the, the uh, Attack on Titan game for the 3DS. <laughs> I forgot Yo. that happened. Oh my yeah. gosh. This happened. They gave him a review copy and asked him to review the game. <laughs> then, he, then he called it out as being the shitty piece of crap that it was. And then they blocked his video and stole his ad revenue. Do you re Wait. Holy fuck. The memories. That, when was and that? When was that? I don't know. That was probably like 2015. Damn. Yeah, because that was the strangest thing. Because they, they sent me the code and I'm like, okay. I'll play it, I guess. This was like the time when I'd review literally anything. Um, <laughs> uh, and I remember I'm like, this is garbage. And I played it and then like, uh, the, it got striked and I got so sad. <laughs> that was so strange. Oh. Nintendo, Nintendo did a similar thing where they sent me Fire Emblem Fates and immediately copyright claimed my review. Even though you gave it a good review, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's I contacted like my rep, and they're like... It, it... And I know King K was dealing with a similar thing, right? With, uh, your Zelda retrospective, right? Yeah. Though now... Yeah, they, Now that I know I have nothing to fear, I'm wrenching them away. Slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm still doing it one at a time, just because like, any one of them can get me a s one strike. Yeah. So I might as well just do it one at a time, just in case Nintendo decides to get dicey. Mm -hmm. But they don't do anything, <laughs> they just wait out the month period and then yeah. it automatically gets freed. Every every single episode of my 3D World playthrough got content ID'd. Mm -hmm. Wow. Even though I had a border and everything. <clears throat> I think it's because the game is so scripted in terms of camera angles that it's easier to content ID visually than yeah. other games. The the sinister part of that King K is that like they know that the video makes the most ad revenue like in the beginning stages of when it's uploaded. So they can literally just claim it and wait and as it was before, I don't think it works this way anymore. But they would just collect that and leave and be fine with it. I think now it goes to like a third party before now it goes to like a it goes if you claim it then the money is like in an ethereal space like yeah and then whoever and whatever ends up happening the money will go to that person yeah it's just it's uh. shitty it's a shitty thing to do fuck nintendo yeah. anyways you're <laughs> saying you're saying right <laughs> which is why Idra is a great game right I, you know what real talk though these kind of games tend to turn me off, like when they're super duper complicated, but this one's actually kind of fun. Ooh. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something weirdly satisfying about it, and I kind of like it, and I want to play more of it. Is it called Idra Union? Oops, I accidentally opened a thing on my phone. Oh. <laughs> close that porn oh. tab, King K. <laughs> you need to close that ASMR porn you're listening to. The fucking diaper fetish. And oh no, we're not bringing that up. Hadox <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey is really likes <laughs> diaper fetishes on adult no. males. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we're not doing that. 
Oh, he, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's the Twink's kink. The Twink's kink? <laughs> Did you seriously just say that? Yes. Wait a minute, how do you pronounce King K? Kink. Oh. Oh. Hmm. And then the King's kink. Hmm. I do, um, you know what hmm. I have been sort of collecting for a video? What's that? Do you remember this? This is going to be, I hope nobody steals this idea. It's uh, <laughs> a lo-fi hip-hop in the background. Yeah, lo-fi hip-hop for sure. Get a white background, black text. Ooh, ooh, baby, give it to me. <laughs> um, I've been collecting, do you remember those old McDonald's Sonic toys? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> the little the little sports one, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so oh, I, yeah. I have the Knuckles one. I have Knuckles, the Knuckles sucker! one. And I'm trying to get the Tail Sky Patrol Shadow Grinder. I'm trying to get the Alley uh, AA Banana Catch Sonic Speedway and Sonic Action Game. So I had I had the Sonic Action Game and the Sonic uh, the it was like a racing one, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to collect all of them. It's I, I've been um yeah I had getting the, like I had the Sonic one, and I think I had yeah. the II one. Oddly enough. Ooh, this must have been like slightly after my time. If you no, guys don't know about this, and I don't. Okay, let me, let me play right for now. You. It's the. Uh, let's see. It's the. It's the. They're like little. They're the little game and watch like games things that. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when they had them for Crash and Spyro, but I don't Oops. remember them having Sega ones. Well, you have. This that is what now, it sounds so. like. Ready? Do you hear this? Do you hear that? I don't hear anything. You hear that little no. beep? These are what? Oh, I heard about. the beep. I heard a yeah, beep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's this device where you press <sighs> Those... two buttons and you like make Sonic or make Knuckles go like guard a goalpost, and you're trying. They're like very simple games, but I I have like weird nostalgia for it because whenever I went to my grandma's house, and this is the same one that knows that I'm a twink. Um, <laughs> Uh, she 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 didn't have like any TV or anything so this was the only game I had to entertain myself with as a kid whenever I went over so I just I'd I'd fucking rack up hours in this dumbass knuckles mini one it's insane but I, I've been trying to collect all of them yeah I had the knuckles the sonic and the racing one and I always wanted yeah, the shadow one I never had got the it. shadow one was is it like rail grinding or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah there's also the, 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 the sports grinding. game ones too with the shadow basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. No, I, I just I, thought I, the I, voice was funny. Yeah, it's fucking. Uh, what is this? Sonic McDonald's commercial from Pakistan. That's it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, speaking of shadow grinding. What uh, did you this? say? It's it's our thumbnail no! for today's video. Shadow, oh you know, my grinding. gosh, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> it's Knuckles, sucker! <laughs> How did you not know about this? Yeah, I Michael. know about this. Well, what do you think? I go up, look up every meme in the universe. Yes. Like, there's plenty of stuff I don't know about, fam. Oh, it's tail soccer. Excuse fam. me, fam. There's plenty of stuff I don't know about, fam! 
<laughs> the Krabby Patty secret formula. <laughs> uh, so that's what I've been doing. What have you been doing, King K? Um... Well, oddly enough, I'm playing Crash 1 Time Trials. Ooh. Which sounds odd, but I've been platinum. I've been getting platinum on a lot of the levels. Because I already 100% the I, game. <laughs> I've gotten all the A ranks in Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> and I would never want to time trial Crash 1. So, I, you know, I feel for enough, you. I think I like Crash 1 more than most people. Yeah. I, I, I like how I, I the novelty love of how one. difficult it is compared yeah. to most games. I don't know. Because it feels fucking ruthless, like, and <laughs> I don't get that in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, what's the, <clears throat> what's the stage called with the, the drawbridge? Or, the, like, the rope oh, bridge? Oh, God, road the, to well, nowhere, there's the, the high, high road. road. Yeah, Also yeah. the road to nowhere, but you're probably talking about the high road. High road, high road. So I remember turtles. playing that in the remake and almost breaking the PS4 controller. <laughs> you know, I've actually been, um, I have the Crash game on, for I'll the Switch. Right I gotta pee. And, um, the only thing I don't really like about these games is that, like, when you die, it's it happens so quick, and I don't really get a lot of time to assess, like, what exactly happened. So, like, if you get cheap-shotted, it, it just kind of feels like as if you die out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, knockback or anything like that. It's, it's just, it, it's so sudden. Kind of, yeah. Sometimes there is no knockback, yeah. I get that. But yeah, I guess it just, it just um, depends. It depends mostly on what you're into, I guess. I, I play the Insane Trilogy. I don't really mind the problems with it. I think they fixed a few things, actually, with an update. They did, but yes. I still don't have a restart button for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't really But I, I still think it's it's the the best way for me to play it. Because I don't mind, like... I don't really mind some of the problems. I think they've even tightened up the hitbox thing. They did, yeah. That was like a patch from earlier, but it's just like... If you compare the Insane Trilogy as it is now to what it was when it came out a year ago, like, it is so much better now that it's multi-plat. Yeah. <laughs> and it really, because it's like, the load times at launch were like 30 seconds long, like Sonic 06, yeah, they were bad. Sly 4 length long. And now, it levels load in like 5 seconds. So I don't know yeah. why it was so bad at launch if they could have made it better to begin with. It's probably some... Uh, are they under... Were they under, like, Activision? Yeah. I bet you Activision did something to them. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, did you guys hear that uh, with the Spyro remake, it's only the first game that comes on the disc, and then you have to download the other two games. Yeah. I mean, oh well, I'm gonna yes, buy it digitally I've heard anyway. about that many, many times. <laughs> And here, it's stupid, but it, it frankly, I just don't care because I want this remake at this point. I've been waiting ever since the Crash one got announced for this to happen, and it's just like, I don't care about the disc thing. I don't care because I want to buy it digitally, so I'm going to have to download them anyway. Yeah. I just want it for the Switch. Well, yeah, they have 
the, they've been dropping hints that they might port it later. Oh, it's already been leaked that it's it's that it's going to happen. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a website thing where it said it would be on PC and Switch. There was like a drop down. I see. Yeah, that might, uh, so that's probably going to happen. I want it on PC because I want my my 60 frames. And yeah, I'll be downloading it there anyway. So once again, the disc thing doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but it's just like I don't know. You leave, leave your your essays and why the having only one game on the disc is bad in the comments below. Uh, but that's not what yeah. this video is about. So we're gonna move on. Uh, what have so, you done? Uh, speaking of Spyro, uh, what I've been playing recently is I've gone back to the. Uh, isometric Spyro games on the Game Boy Advance. Um, played a shitload of Season of Ice recently for my Let's Play channel, uh, where I'm doing a playthrough of Season of Ice right now. Uh, go, go check it out and smash that like button. Smash that motherfucking like button. <laughs> um, and yeah, fr- frankly, Season of Ice is. Like, I did uh, a co-commentary, I recorded it yesterday with TGX and Abif, and, you know, just... And we we all kind of had kind of the same thoughts on the game, even though our tolerance for its bullshit kind of varied. Uh, like, that there is... There is a good game trying to come out of Season of Ice, but it has, like, three or four consistent flaws that keep it that like all like reinforce each other and make the game annoying to play because of it and that's that the levels are giant mazes which doesn't really work well for an isometric camera angle um there's fact that everything in the level basically resets when you die there's the fact that you can fall into pits really easily and that'll obviously reset the level there is uh, the fact that the NPCs will chat your ear off every time you die. So you have to like mash your way through a bunch of dialogue. And then there's the fact that you have to get like, unlike most click thons where you get a little leeway, you have to basically get 100% to fight the final boss. And like you put all those things together and it makes the game really annoying to play. And you know, TGX Abif and I all kind of a kind of agreed on a lot of the same points. You know, despite me liking it more than they did. So yeah, and I feel like Season of Ice is like the only one that most people have played if they even bothered with it because Season of Flame is like a significantly better game. I replayed that this week too. I still love it. It's better than Heroes Tale, Hadox. I don't know what to tell you. No. Lies. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, go play. If you're gonna play a G- Aspire game on the GBA, play Season of Flame. Just skip Season of Ice, unless if you have the Japanese version with the map. You know, I was looking at this and it looked really familiar, but then I remembered that I played the Jimmy Neutron GBA game, <laughs> and it, it's also isometric. Oh, it reminds me a lot. I, of I don't that. think I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's uh, Jimmy Neutron why that was Jimmy Negatron. And is that the Jimmy Neutron with the mustache? Yeah. Speaking of which, Coco Bandicoot is voiced by Jimmy Neutron now. It's like 3D isometric I understood that almost. reference. Well, not full 3D, but it, they go for the illusion more than <clears throat> Spyro did. Yeah. E-Dog. 
All right, Man. so that that's what we've all been up to lately. Um, what has Haydox been playing? Oh, he told us he's been playing I, the the Knuckles game from McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, that's right, I forgot. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I've I've been playing No Man's Sky, Slender, Sonic Boom, bunch Slender. of shit. It's just a, yeah, just an assortment of classics. Yes. Why well, Sonic the, Boom? The, the Slender movie is coming out. Uh, at the time of this recording, neck uh, on the tenth, so in five days. Do you know I with horror movies? It seems like because it's like you'll watch like one of those video essays, right? Like dissecting why a horror movie sucks, and like, but it always seems like their idea of what a good horror movie is is like really vague and vapid. Yeah. And so, I don't know, to me it just comes off like the whole genre just kind of sucks and it's just kind of like an assortment of cliches and people watch it because it's it's fun to go to a movie and get scared by the found footage or whatever. And I feel like Slender, if they make a Slender movie, because like the appeal of the Slender well, game <laughs> is that, you know, it's a game and you never know where Slender's going to show up and you have to get five pages, you know. Like, it's it's actually kind of spooky because you never know he's going to pop it, up. Okay, hold on, hold on. You are wrong about a couple things. It's eight pages, first of all, and the game okay. is called Slender, and okay. it's Slender Man is the monster. So continue. Okay, well, it's <laughs> it's been like, what, four years since that game was relevant. Uh, so yeah. excuse me if I forgot the number of pages. Uh, but... Yeah, so the, the the game works on that kind of level, but I don't I, I see the movie just being like a generic, you know, Annabelle creation kind of dealio. You know, or just the, like a crappy horror movie where they So okay. You know, it's going to be utter shit, but that's why it's gonna be funny. Cause So what do you think is gonna be worse? The Slender Man movie or the Sonic movie? Ooh. The Sonic movie. You think it's gonna be worse? Yeah. <laughs> the the I can already see no, the first the joke of the Sonic worse. movie. It's gonna be like he's running past a police car and, and then they like clock like, his speed scan. and they're like, wow, he's fast. <laughs> he's eating a donut <laughs> and then drops it after he's fucking running. And then Jim Carrey as Dr. Eggman's gonna be prancing around like the Riddler from Batman Forever. Like I could I could already see like the, the headlines or the reviews. You thought the games were bad. Oh. Yeah, and then there, then there's Mark Wahlberg as uh, Sonic's cop best friend, human person. <sighs> they, these are I'm all very rumors. excited. God, that that movie. Like, remember how our the first episode of this that we ever did was about the Sonic movie. Yep. And you're. <laughs> And, and you know, and it's it's like interesting to think about what we said back then versus now. Well, for me anyway. Change. And how how much less confidence I have in this, even compared to then. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So with that said, let's go ahead and move into our main topic for today. Oh. 
Ryan's ready. Ryan's ready. He's Aww. been he's been up all night gathering his thoughts. He has he put up it's like the amaze that scene from the amazing Spider-Man 2 where Peter Parker has like a cork board. <laughs> and he's like he's like trying to figure out what happened to his parents and he's like he's got the cork board and he's putting up newspaper clips and like lining pieces of yarn in between them. Like it's some kind of detective movie. Ryan was up doing that last night for Super Mario 64. Except it wasn't it wasn't because I'm trying to find my parents. It's more like how am I trying to get out of this podcast alive? <laughs> oh jeez. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a 3D Mario retrospective. It's time for us to discuss some of the most foundational, experimental, and influential video games ever published. And we are we're starting with Super Mario 64 for the Nintendo 65. Yay. Or as my brother might call it, Super Marion Drug Lord 65. <laughs> Funny title. Yeah, it's a, it's a Minecraft epic win is what it is. Um, so who, who wants to kick us off on this wonderment? I don't know. <laughs> Not me. Don't make me talk. Go ahead, me, okay? do it. Well... Okay. Are we starting? All right, we well, should do okay. it. <laughs> All right, let's you just, know the game's what, history by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. But uh, what? <laughs> I guess let's let's just quickly go around and give a pass or fail, or just like a I don't know. Is do you do you like the game in general, or do you not like the game? <laughs> I like the game okay. still. I like yeah, the game. I like it. Despite what some of my comments uh -oh. say. I yeah. like the DS version. All right. All right. I like the DS version enough. I also like the <laughs> DS version. Yeah. I, I know. I guess it's weird because you guys are all younger than me by at least a year or two. And King K is the youngin. So, you know, Hadox and King K, did you guys like grow up with the DS version primarily? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't touch the 64 version until. I was older. Adox? Yeah, I said yes. Hello? Oh, yeah. Did you grow up with the th the DS version? <laughs> yeah, I said yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't hear you. The Discord cut out. Um, yeah, and, and then Ryan, it sounds like you did not grow up with any version of the game, but you heard a lot about the game. Is that right? I heard a lot about the game. I picked it up on the Wii's Virtual Console, and that's how I played it. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I probably have the longest history with this game out of any of us. Uh, the first game I ever played was Mario Deluxe and the Game Boy Color. Um, but the first console game I ever played was Mario 64. Like, one day my dad just decided to go to the Target and buy a Nintendo 64. And we got Mario 64. And we were playing it all day. Got it. Our old house and it was the first video game I ever played um, so in yeah I do still have some I don't know I guess nostalgic connection to it like apart from what I actually think of it uh, because it playing it does take me back in a sense uh, and I grew up with the DS version as well later and back then it was amazing to have a 3d game on the go <laughs> Nowadays, that's not so impressive, but 
still. It was, back then, it was really special to have this game that I played on the TV, on a handheld. So, yeah, so, uh, I don't know who, like, where, where to even start digging into this one? Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can help us, Ryan. Help you with what? Uh, what do you want, what do you, what do you want what? me to say about Mario 64? Why don't, why don't you tell us your story about your, about your background with Mario 64? Uh, is this Ryan's backstory? Is this what molded him? <laughs> yes, this is, this is what turned him into the cynical anti-white knight that he is today. <laughs> okay, so... As you all know, I like Sonic. I like Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure was the first game. <laughs> I like game. Sonic, full stop. Yeah, I just, I like Sonic. Sonic Adventure there was the go. first game that I ever played. Right? Well, you know, people always go on and on and on about how Sonic Adventure hasn't aged well or how it's bad or how it sucks and Sonic's always had a rocky start in 3D. But for some reason, Mario in Mario 64 just kind of you know, just kind of game into 3D. Like, oh wow, it's all natural. Yeah, it's it's just fine. It's it's like a fine wine. And I'm like, wow, that's a bold that's a bold statement. I'm gonna check it out for myself. And I was not expecting the controls to be as weird and as sensitive as they are. I did not expect turning around, just the simple act of turning around, to be stupid. Like, if you- sometimes, when you just pull back on the analog stick, Mario will do, like, a 180 spin. And when you're on, like, a small platform and you need to adjust yourself, and then you do that, you're falling off that platform into a bit of quicksand, and then you're out of the level. And this is, like, a bunch of weird design quirks that just don't work, in my opinion. And, you know, if you're in, like, a little Facebook group back in, like, 2011, and you kind of just kind of be like, hey, you know, what, 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 why do people like this game? It, it kind of doesn't really play that well, you know? And then you get messages up the butt saying how wrong you are and now you need to kill yourself because you don't like this stupid game. You get and a bit of resentment towards it. 2011 times, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. 2011 yeah. internet. Because I can never get a straight answer out of anybody about what made this game good. Because the only thing I ever heard from people was, Oh, because it was important. It was revolutionary. Okay, it was I'm a crucial bite. step, you know? I'll bite on that one, Ryan. What makes this game important? Oh, I is don't that deny that this game is important, but you know yeah, what else that's... is important? Getting your prostate checked. That'll make it good okay. or fun or pleasant. Okay, hold on. Pause. <laughs> I, I, I respectfully disagree, because I think that what the game I think, is okay important. so i think what ryan is trying michael, to say hey michael Dox. i was on a roll i was on a roll <laughs> i was on a roll here keep rolling right, let me finish okay super mario 64 i i can respect it in its current state now because i still find it fun to like romp around in you know like <laughs> there's something oddly satisfying about the way mario controls and how you can really I don't know, you can pull off a lot of amazing things. Um, Speedruns for Mario 64 are incredible to watch, and if you like get into the technical side of the movement, it can be pretty satisfying to do that sort of thing. Like, um, as an example, like there, there are, there's a sequence in... I don't, I'm not good at these names. Um, 
What's the the last Bowser level called? Bowser Overload. in the Sky. <laughs> yeah. The you can like That's the music. Okay. You can do that in one straight cycle because like how the game was programmed, you can like predict where everything is. So if you get really good at it, you don't that you don't have to wait for the platforms to move. You can just maneuver around it like a fucking boss. Like a fucking boss. And it's really fun. Um and also the music is still incredible. And I, I like the presentation. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um I can I uh, I wanna tell <laughs> uh, my experience with the game is that I first got this because my friend's mom um got a ds cartridge that had every single game on it illegally so <laughs> an r4 card yeah 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 uh, and i finessed the shit out of that because i stole it from my friend and he lost it but meanwhile i'm <laughs> over here with every single game ever <laughs> yeah i just want to um... i just want to put a pin on that for hedox's eventual no man's sky re-review where he labels himself chaotic evil <laughs> I stole I stole my friend's game and he lost it, quote unquote. Yeah. And he, he never found it again. It was strange. If you ever knew about my childhood with like how I used to steal my friend's Lego parts because they were cooler than mine. And like Jesus, are ooh. you are you like the spawn of Satan? Yeah, I mean, I used to swindle people from for their shiny Pokemon as a twelve-year-old on Pokemon forums. I still have them. Like, I feel like uh, people I feel like you got beat up a few times. Oh yeah, I did. Because <laughs> and he wears it like a fucking badge, like a yeah. goddamn champion. I got beat up a few times in school. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I, uh, I, I mean, you know, I wrote the essay about the Wii U's greatness and then the kids beat me up. Wow. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I was defending that thing since day one, and I will never stop. Remind, reminds me of when Skyrim came out around the same time as Skyrim Sword. <laughs> and all people wanted to talk about was Skyrim. And I did not care about Skyrim. But I had to keep listening to everybody talk about Skyrim. And nobody wanted to play the game I wanted to play. It was really frustrating. And to this day, I still have not played Skyrim because of that. You're missing out. <laughs> because of how everybody shoved it down my throat for months on end. Wow. So, yeah. And now it's on the what Alexa. It's much like it? Mario 64, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> King K, you were going to say something before. before I derailed this conversation. I don't think I was, but oh. yeah. <laughs> I can say something if you want. Say it. <laughs> well, I grew up, I guess, yeah, I grew up with the NDS port remake, whatever you want to call it. I guess it's a remake because it's fully, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's... And that was what I played a lot of. I got it from Circuit City. I remember that distinctly. <laughs> Back when Circuit City was the little thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like um, my my brother associates Sonic Rush with Red Lobster. Okay. <laughs> and, and the, hearing you say that, uh, you associate Super Mario 64 with Circuit City. 
resuscitated well, yeah, that memory. That's where, uh, that's where my parents bought it for me, I remember. And I played it in the car on the way home. Yeah. And then, Th those were uh, the good old days, huh? Like, getting a game at the store yeah. and then playing it on the way home. I had that, <coughs> and I think New Super Mario Bros or something like that. But I was mm -hmm. set for a long-ass time, because I played those two games to death. Like, I've played mm -hmm. Mario 64 a lot. Yeah. But it was on the DS ports, so I don't know, or remake or whatever. But that's that's kind of what yeah. 64 was to me. I didn't even know there was this, like, I didn't even know it was a remake. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's a Mario game. And to be fair, it has quite an interesting name. Super Mario 64 DS. It's like the biggest gobbledygook name ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but I do think Ryan brings up a fair point. I think he put it really succinctly in his review that he heard that Super Mario 64 was a great game, but not why it was a good game. Um, and I, I definitely can relate to that in a strange sense, despite having grown up with the game and still liking it. Because I remember, because much like King K, the game Super Mario 64 on 64 and on DS was my childhood in many ways. Like, I played the game for a lot. I played it a lot, is the point. And then I kind of put it down, and then Sunshine and Galaxy, Galaxy 2, all, all that stuff came out. And I remember distinctly in 2012, um, getting a TV in my room for the first time and hooking up my Nintendo 64 and popping in Mario 64 again, and playing that and being like, being kind of confused as to why I used to like it. And certainly I can relate to Ryan in that sense because like in that moment when kind of the rose-tinted glasses came off and I just kind of looked at the game as it is. Um, and this was kind of in a time when I was kind of very negative and nitpicky. Like, I was a different person at that time, so <clears throat> that definitely fit into it, but it was still, it was kind of like, why did I like this as a kid? What is the appeal of this? And, I don't know, I just, it, at that particular time in 2012, I wrote it off. Um, and it wasn't until, I don't know, I guess, uh, maybe a year or two ago, when I got back into click-thons again, that I really, I guess, started to appreciate Mario 64 again, kind of... <laughs> in those terms, but yeah, I mean, certainly I can understand where Ryan is coming from. If you d didn't grow up with this, people are telling you that, you know, it's a classic, you have to like it, and then you play it, and you don't really know what you're supposed to get out of it. I can totally see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, again, I know, I know it's the first of its kind. And I know that's like people try to use that as an excuse, but at the same time, it's like Resident Evil on the PlayStation. Like that's like well, not maybe technically not the first of its kind. That's more like Alone of the Alone in the Dark or like MS DOS or whatever it was. Like that was the first of its kind, but you still you you can you can appreciate how it moved that kind of genre forward. You know, in that, in that kind of sense, I do have. I guess a little bit of respect because like yeah this was the 
the first kind of 3D collectathon that we ever really had. Like, there really wasn't any other kind of game like this at the time. And we still wouldn't have the kind of games that we have now if it wasn't for Mario 64, you know? So I can respect that. But at the same time, I don't really buy this whole it was the first of its kind as an excuse. Like, if a game has a bad camera, it has a bad camera. If it has bad level design, it has bad level design. If it has bad controls, it has bad controls. No fucking first of its kind can ever change that. Bad controls are bad controls. Bad structure is bad structure. You can say that with Sonic Adventure as well, because yeah, I can agree that Sonic Adventure maybe does have sloppy structure. Maybe it's not that great, but you know, it's like, even though it was first of its kind, that's not an excuse. You know, I guess that's also kind of like one of the, I guess one of the beefs I have towards it, where it's like, hey, you know, I got this problem with this game. I don't like the level design. Well, it was the first of its kind, so you can't criticize it. Like, yeah, 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 I fucking can. <laughs> Yeah, well, this bottomless pits up the I ass. feel like well, I got I a feel lot like, of that oh, in my my video of it actually. I feel like people Even who say I that shit which is weird because like, I like the game, but people but really you, you hone don't like in as on, much as me. Uh. That's the thing. People <laughs> uh. really hone in on anything <clears throat> negative you say about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think though that those type of people are just idiots. Well, like, well, there's a lot of them. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> let's not be so hasty to to do no, that. No, let's say be that. hasty. Um, let's be hasty. But I do think it's worth maybe breaking down <laughs> some of the talking points Ryan brought up. Um, <clears throat> so first off is the controls, and you know it's it's kind of ironic that. I don't know, I guess I might be somewhat infamous for defending the NDS controls. Uh, but I also heavily defended the N64 controls in my review, if you'll remember. <clears throat> because there seems to be this very clear divide between people who grew up with the game like me and to speed broaden the game on N64 specifically and people who play it for the first time. Because, like... To me, I could play Mario 64 just fine, and it feels, you know, like it feels more refined in Sunshine, especially, and also in uh, Odyssey. Like I'll I'll say that much, but it still feels like fundamentally the same controls to me, and it still works just fine for me. Uh, but then, you know, folks like Ryan uh, and people who play it for the first time, like I know Abif was talking about this on his Twitter recently. We'll, we'll play it and say like, man, the, these controls are slippery, they're too sensitive, yada yada yada. And... You know, can I add something? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the controls, <clears throat> they are sensitive, right? No ifs, ands, or buts. But, well, there's a but. But, you know, with levels, like, in, in the first area that you go to, outside of Peach's Castle, you know, you get, you get time to, um get accustomed to the controls to, you know, figure out what they do and everything like that. And I do think that Babam Battlefield is a really solid first level. It gives you a good first impression. There's, like, there's, there's a lot of wiggle room, which is something I do appreciate. And it's very forgiving with its level design. Like, there's nothing really bad about it, save for being blindsided by the bubbles that get shot out of the cannons at the top yeah. of the mountain. But aside from that, it's, it's pretty fair. But I noticed that, like, the more you play the game, like, when you get to, like, the later levels, like Lethal Lava Land, or Tick Tock Clock, or the 
dire the the desert level or Rainbow Ride, they become they suddenly become very like this seems to be like a lot more precise platforming. Yeah, which doesn't that's feel like fair the, the controls were designed for. Very, there was a yeah, lot that's of bottomless the complaint pits. that I raised too. So I agree with that. Is that I love controlling Mario in open areas. Like I think it works just fine for that. But anytime you're doing anything that's precise, it's really hard to get a grasp on what you're like to do anything pinpoint accurate. Yeah, but that is so it also just feels like the, the DS controls are not comes built in, very well for that. I Unless you the know DS them version, really well, like Haydox the... pointed out, and then you can oh, do speedruns. But I feel like you do that with any game, even if it has a weird control scheme. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I... that is something I think the DS version does fix. It's because it adds the run button. And I think that makes it, like... Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a really big improvement that not a lot of people would recognize as an improvement. Because it makes the more precise platforming much easier to manage. Because <laughs> suddenly you're not running around like an asshole. You can actually take your time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, does that make any sense? Mm, yes. Yeah, I see what mm. you mean. Yeah, and then I, you also I have that Luigi video as well, because it's it's like you can control your speed better. Because uh, people talk about the analog stick, but I'm not sure what it is about 64, but it it feels really like it doesn't feel like an analog stick usually. Like I play Sunshine, and I feel like I can control my speed. But in 64, it yeah. feels like he just goes fast sometimes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, to add to Ryan's point, you also have the option to play as Luigi and Yoshi, who can both float. Yes. Which makes uh, yes. Rainbow Ride a lot more fun to play. Uh, yeah. Honestly, um, like, the DS version fixes a lot of things, like, a lot of the issues that I have with vanilla Mario 64. Like, the only thing it doesn't fix, and I don't think it could fix it, is the level design. Because I do think that a lot of it is just bad. Lethal Lava yeah. Land, I think, is, like, one of the worst levels I've ever played. It's I, it's just, like, a bunch of random, like, just a bunch of random platforms scattered around in, like, this lava area. With a random slide puzzle to the side for some reason. But, you know, the controls do make the levels, like, the controls with the other characters, like Yoshi and Luigi... It makes those levels not feel nearly as bullshit because there's more stuff you can do with those characters. And also it adds more power-ups for you to experiment and mess around with as well. And I do like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we could talk more about level design in a second because that is a big talking point. Uh, mm -hmm. But I do think it's worth noting that Ryan played the game for the first time on the virtual console. Um, and lots of people who play it for the first time, that's how they're going to experience it. And I do think that this game was made to be played on an N64 controller. And that is something that I will maintain because, and, and I, and I sincerely regret not having mentioned this in the review, uh, the remake or rebreak episode I did. Uh, but, like, I did record some Wii U footage of the game just to say, like, oh, there's, you could buy this on the virtual console if you want. But I was playing that on the Wii U Pro Controller and just felt like crap compared to what I was, like, because I recorded all the footage from the N64 for that review. And it felt way better on the N64 than it did on the virtual console. And it's kind of like how everybody who reviews uh, Ocarina of Time will talk about how bad the aiming is. 
like with the bow and the hook shot and whatnot. Mm. Um, and that's because the N64 analog stick is not as advanced as modern ones. So they had to make everything super sensitive so that when you move that teeny stubby little stick around, it would actually go where you wanted it to. Um, and, and sure enough, aiming the bow on an N64 controller works so much better in Ocarina of Time than it does in the Wii and Wii U versions. Um, and the same thing applies to the Mario 64 controls, but not to the same extent. Part of the reason why I think people feel that they're too sensitive is because they were programmed that way for a very insensitive or undersensitive analog stick. Um, so it was kind of like they're the designer's way to make up for it. And yeah, I do think that it you to really get a feel for how the controls are supposed to be, you do have to play it on authentic hardware, or at least with I don't know. I'm not sure how well it would translate to like a USB N64 controller on an emulator, but I'm sure that would probably be better than trying to play it with like uh, a DualShock 4 or something. So, you know, I, I could actually believe that because that kind of reminds me of whenever I would tell people like, no, if you're playing Sonic Adventure, you got to play it on the Dreamcast or the GameCube or something like that. Because it was around like 2000. 12 or 2013 around that ballpark where there was a lot of people like a lot more people were coming out and saying that the adventure games haven't aged well oh what version were you what version were you playing oh the ps3 and 360 ports and well that's why because those are just shoddy ports but if you play it on the dreamcast it's a different experience for the most part like it plays a lot smoother it's not six frames per second but it's not nearly as it's not as bad as the fucking hd ports so click here to check out the playthrough Ryan and I did of the Dreamcast version of Sonic Adventure. But <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like hey, as someone who's, you don't who's get been to saying plug that your about shit Sonic Adventure, I can. Uh, it's I not can, just my shit; from. it's Ryan's shit too. Okay, technically, yeah. Yes. So it's a shared only. Shit. Hey, you were on it too, Hadox. It. Only Hadox can do it. Yeah, Hadox was in the Gamma playthrough. Yeah. So there, oh. there's three out of four right there. So majority rules. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing, how? So yeah, I will defend like the controls as, and I will agree that <sighs> I will agree that the controls work better in a Bob-omb battlefield than they work in a TikTok clock. Definitely, but for the most part, I still feel like there's a smoothness to it. And I like pulling off all the different jumps and stuff, and it just feels right to me. In the same way Even that, like, jumping? An, you know, I don't think wall jumping is as bad as people say it is either. It, like, I prefer the way it is in Sunshine and Onwards, but it's like it's not that hard to time a button press against a wall. So it's I don't know I don't well, care that much about that. I think it is. <laughs> the one the one thing that I won't defend though is the camera. The camera yeah. sucks really badly. And it's one of the reasons why most N64, Mario 64 ROM hacks suck too, is that they don't bother fixing the camera and they don't build levels that work with the camera. So it, and it just makes it really annoying to play and they expect you to figure out how this really dated, cause like technically there's stuff you could play around with with like the R button to like lock the camera angle or there's like a Mario mode you can use where 
like moves more precisely but it's just like who is gonna take the time to figure out how to work that when we're just so instinctively used to being able to move the camera continuously left to right nowadays you know and i think you know the big problem is that in mario 64 it, the camera moves in 45 degree increments it's in you know some levels are built well around that so that like you're playing like bowser's a uh, bowser in the dark world the first one and you're like on the platforms you can like turn it at a 90 degree angle and see where you're going you know sometimes it's built like that but then there it's kind of ironic that you know we're talking about the movement feels better in bob on battlefield than it does tick tock clock but it feels like the camera works better in a level like Rainbow Rye than it does in Bob on Battlefield. Well, yeah, of how also it's because with uh, with Rainbow Ride, there's not a lot of walls getting in the way to get stuck on the camera. Yeah, yeah, or for open. the camera to get stuck on rather. But it's like when I play Rainbow Ride, I really don't mind the camera at all because it feels like the level of has that kind of 3D world kind of structure to it, where it's like built kind of on a grid, if that makes sense. And that works really well with a 45 degree moving camera. Um, but when you play like Thwomp's Womp's Fortress or something like that, or, you know, you're swimming around in Jolly Roger Bay, you know, that's weird. Why is the song called Dire Dire Docks if it plays in Jolly Roger Bay first? <laughs> that's something that always bothered me, but I Maybe digress. Dire Dire Docks was originally intended to be earlier than it was. Really? That's interesting. That's probably you know, lots why. Lots of stuff happens in game development, so you never know. Hmm. But yeah, I, 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 I can't defend the camera too much in <clears throat> the N64 version. I, mean, I think that's, I for me, the most consistent issue. Controls are only an issue for me when, when I have to be precise. But yeah. the camera is just, it always felt really janky and weird. So, yeah, I can agree with that. But I think that's the most consistent criticism everyone lobbies at it anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty hard to deny that the camera is not that great in Mario 64. Um, and to me, it's that's one of the, the biggest improvements in the Nintendo DS version is the camera. Because, um, you know, it's, it, it's like you play Ocarina of Time and it's just like, you know, I think the game's boring, but one thing that I do appreciate about it is the camera, how they were able to make it work with one button. Um, and they do something kind of similar in Mario 64 DS, and they even kind of have uh, a way to switch the game to a sort of tank control scheme on the fly. Um, and if you can learn how to use that, the D-pad controls will work so much better for you. It's an adjustment, mm -hmm. uh, but it means that Pretty much wherever you go in Mario 64 DS, the camera is always pointing where you want it to. Um, it makes throwing Bowser at the giant ball spikes a lot easier to line up the camera on, uh, and which in turn makes them easier to throw. And yeah, it's just I never felt like the camera was a problem in the DS version, whereas in through the N64 version, as much as I like the analog movement, I, it's some of the levels I'm playing is just like, I can't see where the fuck I'm going or I have an awkward angle I have to work with, you know? And that's something that I feel like the DS version 
drastically improves with just a very simple L button camera scheme. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the... The thing is with the Mario 64, at least, it's that, like, I don't like it. I don't like the original version. But even still, there is a better version that exists. You know? So I guess I can't be as hard as I was on it before. Because I only... I, I only went out of my way to play the DS version after uh, Dan's and Exo's videos about Mario 64. I'm like, oh, well, shit, it seems like completely different games now. So I played it, and I'm like, you know, it's still flawed, but it's much better than fucking Mario 64. Like, I don't, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't see what makes the original game, like, I don't know why people will go back to the original game when there's a better version that exists. Well, I don't see it. There are, I mean, like, a few reasons. I really do think it comes down to people just being used to the original controls. Mm-hmm. Like, I also think that the the original has a, a sense of simplicity to it. This isn't to say yeah, that the DS version is bad, but it's more complex than the original. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly... Like, Hadox was talking about all the cool speedrunning strats. Those are much... The, my guess is that most of them are probably patched out on DS. Uh, or, at the very least, more difficult to pull off with the new control scheme. So a lot of people who like to speedrun the game don't like the DS version because of that. And You know, personally, I can't relate to that. Uh, because I just appreciate the new camera and stuff too much, and the map. Uh, but I, I do understand where they're coming from if they were used to pulling off certain glitches and they don't they can't do that anymore. Yeah, well, especially it, if somebody is especially if somebody's used to Mario and suddenly you start the game and you're Yoshi and there's Luigi and Waluigi, <laughs> not Waluigi. I wish yeah. Waluigi was in the game, but uh, mm -hmm. Wario. And I kind of appreciate the multiple characters, but like. If you're somebody who who has played a lot of 64, then it can feel a little weird to change to them yeah. for specific missions, or just to change them at all. Yeah. And thankfully you unlock Mario pretty early, like, you get eight stars and you can get him like right away, but... And then you can play as him for the rest of the game if you want. Uh, but... Yeah. I know, I guess maybe we should just talk about the, the, the new characters in the DS version right now. Uh, I like them. I like having that option. I like... I especially really like the fact that I get to play as Yoshi with a Yoshi's Island-esque moveset in 3D. Yeah. Like the, yeah. like the ability to make eggs and throw them at people I thought was really interesting. The flutter jump, the tongue licking. Um, and he still has all of Mario's moves. All the characters have fundamentally the same moveset. Just with variations in speed and power and jump height and stuff like that. Um, so you can, and uh, you know, unless if a specific star like requires like say Wario to break a black brick box thing or something like that. For the most part, you could just pick whatever character and stick with it. And if you do need to switch to a character for whatever reason, there are these uh, transformation caps lying around that you can grab. They're labeled on the map and everything. 
and like, oh, I need to break box, I'll just go grab a yellow Wario cap and switch to Wario and break that and then just grab it real quick. It's not that difficult to switch. Well, like, if you want to permanently switch, you do have to, like, walk to, like, the princess's slide area, which is kind of annoying. I wish that mm. it... Uh, but if you pick Yoshi, um, whenever you enter a level, you can pick whichever cap you want, and that gives you kind of, like, a quick way to switch to whoever, uh, based on the title of the star. Um, I like... Luigi is my favorite character to play as because uh, he has this really high backflip twirl jump thing he can do that will totally like yeah, break really levels good. like a Kit Kat bar, uh, as Ryan might say. And um, <laughs> he he can he could do a little scuttle jump, which makes it easier to line up jumps. Like I remember I did like a thing in TikTok Clock where I got one of the early stars by like scuttle jumping over to the clock hand and then scuttle jumping from there to the star Yoshi you know his his flutter jump can is similarly useful um it's like really Wario is the only character I don't like to play as because he's so slow and like he's supposed to be like the offense character but by the time you unlock him you've already beaten all the bosses and you can't use him against Bowser so it's like eh yeah, I kind of just like the novelty of being able to control Wario in 3D. Yeah. Because it, it feels yeah. like he doesn't really get that treatment because he's just... They just released the WarioWare games now and stuff. Yeah, well, there is Wario World on the GameCube. That game is not good. <laughs> you don't like Wario World? No. Ryan, you are disowned. It. It's so boring. Boring. It's so Are you? It's so boring. charming. What? The GameCube one, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I haven't played it, so I'm not in this. Oh, you know. Like, okay. All right. Hold up. Pause. Because I. He he literally punches enemies and then he can swing them around. Like. Okay. It's so fucking charming and like how he eats and like. Everything about that game is like littered with charm. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, Wash looks interesting. Just heard a few yeah, things about it, it, but yeah. Okay, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. But Ryan is wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah. Uh, so I know we we've had some level design critiques who would like to i've been talking a lot so who would like to go over some of the level design problems i don't want to go over like any em. problems i want to talk about stuff i like all right well hey why don't you tell us about stuff you like okay um <laughs> i really like the design of um I was going to say Little Big Planet, but I know that's not the name. It's um, yeah, I know it's small, mean. small big world. Right? The island, huge island, right? Tiny huge island. That's what it's called. Yeah. Tiny huge island. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, I like the design of that. I think that's an interesting idea, and I think it's executed well. And I also yeah. like um, the I don't. I don't- I'm not familiar with the names, but the one where you get the penguin at the top and have to bring it down to the mom. Oh. It's a cool, cool mountain. Yeah, cool, cool mountain. Yes. And I like the... Um, the slide race that you can do. The um, penguin. You race the penguin. Yeah. Yeah, the penguin. Um... 
I, I think I was, Mario when, 64. When I was a kid, actually, I liked that. I liked that penguin a lot. I don't know why. Yeah. Because he doesn't say a whole lot. But I just liked, I liked talking to him and racing him. And I liked yeah. if you like, pretty sure if you took the shortcut, he'd yell at you for it. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't count. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was when like, I was a kid, cheated. I was like, oh no, he's, he yelled at me. <laughs> King, King K got. I'm being scolded by a penguin. I got scolded by penguin senpai. <laughs> I think there's a lot to love about the level design in Mario 64. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> okay. Uh. Okay. Um. So. I think Hadox, Hadox, and I both love Sunshine a lot. It's in our top ten favorite games. Um, yes. And I think we can agree that, or at least the two of us can agree that a strength of that game is that it follows the design philosophy of uh, Wamp's Fortress more so than it does TikTok Clock for the main levels. Yeah. Yep. And that that to me makes all the difference because, like we said, the controls feel like it was built for that open-ended kind of level design more so than a TikTok Clock. Um. So Ryan, uh, yeah. you're, you're telling us about how you hate Lethal Lava Land. Tell us all about that level and why TikTok Clock is a fucking terrible stage. I'd rather not. <laughs> I mean, like, what I honestly said about Lethal Lava Land is exactly it. It just it feels like they just drew a bunch of platforms, just scattered around the like the out like the outer rim of the stage. And then call it a day. And then you have to, like, fucking fight the little bomb guys. Like, get the bullies. You have to, like, kick them into the lava. But if you get pushed into the lava, you get shot up. And then you have to, like, run around in, like, in a circle in order to put it out. Or, like, Mario will automatically just start running around. And I don't like that. Because, again, if you're if you're doing that, and, you're, like, if you get shot up, you start running around, you don't have any control. Then you get pushed back into the lava, well, then you're in a death lock. No, if there's no way out of it. Now, if they did it like in, uh, like in Ocarina of Time, for example, like if you jump into Death Mountain and then you hit the lava, like the screen will fade to black and then you'll be right back at a spawning point. Maybe if they did it like if you fell into the lava and then, you know, like it'll play like a cutscene of you like, like shooting up in the air with your butt on fire. And then, like, it'll put you back onto the platform that you were on previously. Gave you a couple of invincibility frames. Invinci invincibility frames, excuse me. That would have been fine, but they don't do that. And TikTok Clock is just... I mean, I like the idea of it. Where, like, if you jump in at a certain time, it'll, like... It'll, it'll change how the stage is played. Like, if you jump in at, like, right on the dot at 12, I think it'll just stop everything altogether. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or like if you jump in at another time, it'll go like really fast or it'll go really slow. I like that idea, but if you mess up one jump, which is very easy to do given the controls, it just, you, you go yeah. all the way back down. That's why I don't like and TikTok clock. The other reason too is because a lot of TikTok cock block. A lot of the stars, you notice that TikTok clock goes like a spiral staircase and a lot of stars just jut out from that staircase, and because you get booted out every time, no matter what, you just keep end up going up the same staircase over and over, you yeah. know? And that's yeah. why I don't think those types of levels work very well with the boot out system, or the controls, or the, like, tight pace linearity. It's just that, like, 
things don't mix particularly well in some of these levels, I feel. Also, yeah. I think the physics are really bad, too. Like, it kind of goes in with the controls. But, like, Haydock was saying that he likes a slide minigame. I hate the slide minigame because they're just... They're, again, they're just... They're so... They're so sensitive. Like, especially the one with the penguin. I found myself just falling off multiple times, getting booted out, having to go back in, go inside the hut, race again, fall off the slide, and just having that happen over and over and over again. And, um, oh fuck, what else was there? The, the pyramid level, where you have to, like, go up the pyramid. I remember, there's, like, this little tiny little ramp towards the top, where, like, we have to go inside the entrance. If you don't make that, you slide all the way down the pyramid and into the quicksand, and then you get booted out. It's like, what is that? <laughs> I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I just, I don't see what makes the level design that good. Yeah. I but think, it, but it's also like you I said, think Ryan. What makes the level design good is a lot of the the more open areas, or even something like Hazy Maze Cave. As strange as that sounds, it's like there's a certain joy to traversing these levels and finding everything in it. And what they sometimes they ask you to do something, and you're like, okay, well, what, am, what how do I do that? And you figure it out, and it feels good, you know. Mm. It's it's a lot of, like. For me, it's about looking or like they give you a lot of colorful places to run around in and do stuff. And that's why some of my favorite levels are uh, like Wom's Fortress is really fun. Um, I like Cool Cool Mountain and uh, I really like the Boo Mansion because uh, yeah. it's you go inside the mansion and there's so many rooms for you to go in that it's just about finding the first mission I think you do is to kill all the boos so you can fight Big Boo. And I like that there's just a bunch of rooms you go in, you're like, you're just exploring a haunted mansion, you know? I think yeah. that's the strength of 64 for me. Yeah, I thought yeah. that level was fine. Yeah. I think, I that's, think that's why the level design is remembered very well, because a lot of it's really creative. Like, you go into Jolly Roger Bay, and you're, you're legit in a cove, a shipwreck cove. And everything really, like, fits that. There's The music fits that. I don't even know how to describe how the music fits that, but when you hear it, you, like it feels like where you are, and it really helps to establish a sense of immersion that not a lot of games can, not a lot of games can parallel very easily. Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, you know, I, I get the whole like they're giving you stuff to do in these really colorful and unique environments. You know, again, I think this game has a lot of good ideas, but if the act of running around and doing those things isn't fun or rather if it's frustrating then what am i doing it for and that's why i just i can't get into it that's why yeah. i'd say and for think, some of the latter levels for me yeah i think that's but kind I, of the the disconnect yeah. uh the three of us have with ryan is kind of on that point right there um because it's like, I think the, the consensus that we've come to here is that the levels that are more open-ended, like, because like, like Kinke said, with Hazy Maze Cave, it starts out and then you it splits off. And then while there are kind of linear paths in the level, it's not like TikTok Clock where it is like one linear path, but stars sticking out of it, you know? And that's, yeah. that's, that's where the game works the best is when it's more open-ended in the level design. But when you get to... TikTok clock. <laughs> it's a different story. And by the time you get to like Rainbow Ride too, Rainbow Ride and Total Mountain as well, 
Like everything That's just the becomes. Thing, is what's funny about that is that for me it wouldn't be that big of a problem if the bootout system wasn't as obnoxious as it was. Yeah, because if you just if you fell off and you like you start at the beginning or something, like I'd be like, yeah, cool. If you got a star and you just stayed in there, I mean, it'd make the game significantly shorter. I get why it's in there, but if if that if it was set up like that, and it's it might also have to do with memory limitations. Somebody in my comments said, but um, which I understand if that was the case. But the problem is that the bootout system makes those stages insufferable to me, and that's why <laughs> I complained about them at all. If the bootout system didn't exist, I don't think I'd complain as harshly about them. You know what I what I would even say would even make the like even if it had the bootout system that it has right now, if this game didn't have lives, it would be a lot different. Because you know you get booted out a certain amount of times, you lose all your lives, then you have to go all the way from like the start of Peach's Castle and then make your way all the way yeah. back to whichever level you're at. Yeah, I, I I really think that lives have no place in Collectathon. I don't know why they they're still around in that genre. Like it's are they though? I yeah, mean, Mario Odyssey, well, and Hat Mario and Time Odyssey don't didn't have it, but Hat and Time don't have it either. I'm trying to remember, if, no, Ukulele didn't have it either. So I guess we're we're finally past that. But for a while there, it was it was still sticking around. I think it might seem like that because there are a lot of platformers that are getting remastered that did have lives. You know, yeah. Crash. But it seems like we're in, yeah. a, we're in a good place where we've kind of just abandoned that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the last thing I wanted to say is that I think that collectathons are kind of a thing that you either like or you don't. Um, and that, you know, in kind of answer to Ryan's question about, you know, people say that it's a good game, but not why. I think that's part of it. Part of the problem there is that, you know, it, I don't know, it's just kind of taken for granted that linear challenge based platformers, that, that that's like a tenable, fun game design approach um, mm -hmm. in a way that collectathons just aren't considered that anymore. Um, and I do think that, that it's just kind of a fundamental thing that you either have to enjoy this kind of gameplay or you don't. Um, and to well, me, uh, mm, I don't know. <coughs> I also think it depends on, um, cause I don't like collectathons, but yet a hat in time is one of the best 3d platformers I ever fucking played, but that's a collectathon. But that game's really more like, of a super Mario galaxy structure to it. Ah, uh, sort of, yeah, kind it of, feels, but you're still it doing feels a, less like, unless you're in the like it feels more like a blend than it does a strict collectathon would because what i like about that game specifically and i might have said this on the podcast at one point is that like every single collectible that you get contributes something or contrib contrib contributes to something other than the main goal you got the time pieces they give you more levels to unlock but you got pawns to give you badges badges gives you abilities you get yarn, you get little yarn balls, you get the yarn balls that give you different hats, that give you different different abilities, and, you know, there's it's stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's more customizable, more personal, I guess, as opposed to something like Mario Sunshine, for example. It's like you collect X amount of uh, blue coins, you buy shine sprites, 
you get a certain amount of red coins to get shine sprites. You get a certain amount of normal coins, you get 100 coins to get shine sprites. And that's not a problem with Mars with Mario Sunshine specifically, it's more of just like a general problem. Like with Banjo-Kazooie, you have to get like 100 jiggies to get, or 100 music notes to get a jiggy. No. It's like, well, why couldn't that, why couldn't music, that just be like well, a... I, okay, what, what I think here is that it's more that... I don't think it's fair to say that collectathons should not be that. Yeah. You know? Because I think the idea is that what, like, what you're doing is more important than what you're getting. You know? Yeah. And I mm. think that part of the reason that something like Hat Time speaks to you more than Mario 64 or Banjo-Kazooie is that a lot of the level design past past Mafia Town is a lot more like you branch up here and now you're in a big linear platforming section. Like especially Alpine Heights is very much falls into that. Like it's technically an open mm. world kind of thing, but it's still like a straightforward path with specific challenge-based platforming you do, which is why I consider yeah, you it know more the, of a, the lava cake is something straight out of Super Mario yeah, Galaxy. It yes, feels like precisely. There's some open world elements to it, but it's really more, much more challenge-based, and I think that's why it speaks to you more. It's much closer. I, mean, I, I, I will also go out and say that I do like the the core gameplay, not necessarily the game, but the core gameplay of like Mario 3D Land 3D World, like the linear based platforming with all the power up and stuff like that. I do prefer that over, you know, Mario Sunshine, but I do think that Sunshine is a better game, for example. I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Like, I like, I like, I, I like the way, like, I like the linear based level design and the power ups from like the 2D Mario games and I like how uh, some of the more recent games try to like translate that into 3D. I guess Mario Galaxy is the best example of that because it kind of feels like a mesh between yeah, like the the 2D games and the 3D games. Like it has elements of both. I think it's a good mishmash. Yes, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took a while, but I got it. But I do think that in terms of something that is much more specifically, you are just collecting shit the whole time. I think that that is something that you have to just, you either get that and find it fun or you don't. And personally, I do get it and I do have a lot of fun with that because I like figuring out the best routes through stages and trying to tighten up the run and, you know, trying to keep track of all the little things in my head there's something engaging about that that I don't get from a linear based challenge game um, that that to me is the appeal of something like Super Mario 64 like the fundamental je ne sais quoi of the experience and that is something that I think that is not necessarily universal for a lot of people but yeah if we don't have anything else to add uh, fellas Nope. Anything else to say? Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to end that bookend. Right. Uh, so yes, yeah, so now that we have completed our game discussion, it is uh -oh. time. It is time. Uh oh. Uh oh. It is time for fan fiction, my lovelies. Ah uh, no! We we received <laughs> a new fan fiction to read. Uh, I put out a thing for questions, and we'll try to read a few of those before we wrap up here after the fan fiction. 
Um, but yeah, Can we do someone... the questions first. Maybe we should just do the questions for today. Yeah. Are you sure? I like I like doing questions first. Alright, so do questions then wrap up with fanfiction or skip fanfiction? Wrap up with questions. The latter. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we, we yesterday I put out a thingy on, on the Twitters and uh, Mr. Ryan and King K or I'm sorry, Haydox and King K retweeted it because Ryan deleted his Twitter. Um, Yay! <laughs> Ryan, Ryan said that's so happy. Okay, so... Yeah, because fuck Twitter. <laughs> um, so we have quite a few thingies. Uh, we got quite a few responses here, so let's just uh, kind of rattle them off and I'll send you guys a link so we can read them together. Uh, first question, and I know we're walking into a trap here, uh, comes from Abi, who asks, Have you guys heard of Rofa? My gosh, no, <laughs> just no, don't even answer of, that. I've not heard of Rofa. <laughs> uh, and what uh, is Rofa? Uh, that's Rofa, Rofa. D's nuts. I don't know why he calls it Rofa. I think that's supposed to be ironic. Uh, their next question comes from Mr. Daniel Martinez, Electric Maestro, who asks, What games do you feel are prime examples of good game design? Kind of a big question. Time. At time, okay. Right off the bat, just I want to go time. last. Um, because I know what I want to say, but I want to say it last. I mean, it's kind of a big question. I mean, I feel like good game design is less like something you say about a. It's more like an analysis of a game than it is like a trait. Because for yeah. every game, it's going to be different. Yeah. Because like now that I think about it, also like Drill Dozer is like my second, or not I, Drill Dozer is probably my favorite 2D platformer. But the way how like it teaches you the mechanics and how it just paces out the levels and the bosses and everything like that, it's it's that's very well designed too. But the way how that's designed is different from Hat in Time or Majora's Mask. Because like. When I think of like good game design and like good, I guess for in the case of Majora's Mask, like good world building, like those are the three that always come to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I yeah. guess it's like good, good game design. My answer is good game design is I know subjective and based on how you analyze a game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you know what it is? This is why I want to go last. Because there's no point. There's no point in saying what good game design is. Because as a concept, that doesn't exist. It's a, yeah. like... You can't quantify what that means. Like, Because it's going to vary from person to person. What you say is good is to another person bad. It's just like... I guess not to like block the question from ever being asked. But it's like... it just For me, it's a concept that doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah. I mean, game design is just game design, and what you glean from it is what you glean from it. <laughs> There's no right or wrong way to make something, I think, at least. Yeah. Alright, um, next question comes from Austin, at Real Woomers, who asks, 
What is the biggest thing that most motivates you all to create, to continue creating content? Honestly, it's, it's you guys. Oh, <laughs> like that's people, so sweet. Like, like, like my friends, like you guys. And then we got Jeb, Retropolis Zone, Jay, like I watch their stuff and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta buckle down. I gotta do my stuff. I want to be like them. Or rather, I want to contribute to it. I just, I like our little click. I like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, also the subscribers are nice. You know, getting that to a few dad revenue. <laughs> That's true. Um. Yeah. Uh, I had. Oh, frankly, that's kind of my problem is that I, despite me having a lot more time to work on stuff, I just don't feel like making reviews. So that's, which is why I've been doing a lot of Let's Play stuff, because I honestly find that more fun than reviews. Uh, but nobody uh -oh. wants, but nobody wants to watch it is the, is the trade-off, so. Uh, except, except Haydox, apparently, who is evidently an avid watcher of my Let's Play channel, which I appreciate. Yep. Hi. <laughs> well, uh, I, mean, I mean, like with Let's Plays, you have. Oh, you go, King K. Because uh, I kind of agree that I like to make Let's Plays too, but I don't do it because I uh, don't have a lot of time for that. I wish I kind of did because I was inspired by a Let's Player, and I was inspired by a Let's Player who does a lot of informative content, um, and it it's almost like a. Like you go through a game, you discuss what you like about it. Like it feels like a really in-depth thing, and like you can discuss trivia and stuff if you want. But it's it feels yeah. like a, a nice way to disperse your thoughts. But I guess that's why I make content in the first place is because I like to. As much as I'll complain about my comments, sometimes I get a lot of good ones, and that's kind of what drives me is I like to have a discussion. So when people are willing to have that discussion, and lately it seems like I'm getting a lot of better comments, so that's nice, but when people are willing to have that discussion, I like it. I have some regular commenters that I go to, and they always have nice things to say. Mm-hmm. And I like having a lot of other people to bounce off of, you know? So. Yeah. I also just like to chronicle my own opinions. I like to figure out that's kind of my writing style, is I like to figure out... I will have a gut feeling about something, and I'm like, okay, why do I feel this way? And that's my writing style. That's the secret. Yeah. I can kind of relate to that. that. Just a little bit. Uh, what about you, Mr. Haddix? Why do you continue... What motivates you to create? Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's a loaded question. Loaded? What yeah, do you mean? I don't know. Um, I don't know what motivates me. Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a, I'm okay. a pass on that one. All right. So Cameron asks, uh, Cameron at SuperLinkBro asks, what are games you like that everyone else dislikes? Uh, my number one answer is Mega Man and Base. And I made a review of it, so you can go watch that if you want to know why. But, yeah. Hmm. Uh, uh. 
it's it's hard to answer i don't like just say sonic adventure 2 <laughs> I mean, yeah that's a valid answer that. <laughs> maybe at this or point just 3d sonic in, in general climate, can i say that yeah maybe yeah what about you uh, master haddocks um maybe a hero's tale exo knows mine he rags about it all the time uh i what is it golden sun i don't know uh, well, I mean, Dark Dawn is an acceptable answer, but Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, that game. Yeah, <sighs> that's a good answer. I will never, I will never pick play that game again. Uh, but I digress. Uh, you will. Hadox. I can see it in your future. Oh yeah, Hadox already answered. He said Hero's Tale. Um, All right. EPG plays. Wait, hold on. I think. Can we wrap it up? You think Not what? to like abruptly end it. Can we wrap it up? Yeah. How about one last question? Um, All right. This one comes from Ross at Ross Wyant, who asks, "What are your biggest pet peeves in a video game?" It's that's a mm. hard one. Because I feel like I have a lot of pet peeves, but it's like when I have to think about them, they don't come to mind. Biggest pet, my biggest pet peeve in the game is yeah. bad. <laughs> grinding grinding Don't yeah that's a good make one. me grind yeah i fucking hate yeah. it especially if i have to like farm lives because they don't respawn that's pac-man world gpa is like insufferable because of that um but i feel like there's not a one that i'm not i mean I okay grinding's of. fine if you don't have to do it you yeah know? yeah like but if you're That's playing Shade of Memories, me. then you have to grind. Yeah. Oh god, what is what's? A... Um, I I know. I guess uh, Minion Quest in Superstar Saga 3DS. I hate it because of the fact that the gameplay itself has no depth to it. Uh, so the only way to beat the levels is to grind because there's no it's not like the main game where like if you can dodge the boss's attacks and just keep hitting them with brothers attacks you can win no matter what level you are you have to physically have those stats so I think I don't know I guess grinding is the worst thing it's yeah. just like the most pointless thing I mean I get it if if you don't have to do it and you want to like level yourself up to be overpowered, you can do it and it'll probably feel good, but if you have to do it, then I just like that becomes a thing that you focus on for the next however many hours that you do it. Yeah, just don't think it's a smart way to handle that. I think it's better to That's why I kind of like the Mario and Luigi games a lot is cuz it feels like they give you necessary stat boosts and you can kind of control where you're going. Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like it makes you a little overpowered by putting yeah. in not a lot of effort, but I prefer that over having to grind in some old JRPG. Yeah. Alright, well, unfortunately, it looks like uh, that's all the time we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Uh, please uh, s subscribe to the channel, share this on social media, Smash that subscribe and those subscribe and like buttons. Uh, make sure to check out each of our individual channels. It. Actually, you should hit it with an axe. Yeah, hit it I with an axe. See, what see if your computer survives that. 
and uh, yeah, make sure to uh, subscribe to our SoundCloud, uh, where we are producing lo-fi hip-hop uh, to put in the background with white background <laughs> and black text. Uh, and uh, Ryan is taking belly dancing classes, and he is uploading videos. That's yeah. so make sure. To I'm check gonna that run out. for president of the United States, so keep me in mind. Yeah. <gasps> Uh, so yeah, you guys know where to find us. Uh, we're on Twitter too, uh, and yeah, I guess we'll see you guys uh, for the next Unverse cast. So, <clears throat> bye, <laughs> goodbye, bye bye. For a video version of the podcast, please visit our YouTube channel at https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com slash c slash inversecast. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Apro Hour, Awesome Call, Boss Antigua, Cool Vibes, Crinoline Dreams, Chucky the Construction Worker, Deuces, Dirt Roads, Dispersion Relation, District 4, Eternity, Fireflies and Stardust, Funnin' and Sunnin', Funky Chunk, Hard Boiled, In Your Arms, Intractable, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print Elevator, Lobby Time, Local Forecast Dash Slower, Matt's Blues, No Good Layabout, Octo Blues, Porch Blues, and White. These tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can find the full license at http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash buy forward slash 3.0 forward slash. For written credits, please consult the description for this podcast. This episode was edited by Exoparadigm Gamer, who you can check out on YouTube at https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash exoparadigmgamer. Feel free to check out our solo efforts on YouTube and Twitter by visiting our official SoundCloud profile and clicking on the external links. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.